There's been a lot of talk of late about restructuring the Supreme Court. Since we have had nine justices since the Civil War era, I'll bet most people aren't aware that number is not dictated by the Constitution. In fact, over our history, we've had as few as five and as many as ten. Currently, there are proposals that would expand that number to 15. As I'm sure you know, these are lifetime appointments. Of course, life expectancy has more than doubled since the framers devised our system of government. This means some of these appointees can sit on the bench for decades. Consequently, it's now proposed there should be term limits imposed on the justices. Some weeks ago, I argued passionately that there should be a term limit of one for all elective offices. So I will shock you and say I don't like the idea of term limits for Supreme Court justices. As we have seen with some recent decisions, you are free to vote your conscience when you know it's virtually impossible to be unseated. There were at least two cases where justices flew directly in the face of the president who appointed them. That's the beauty of the lifetime appointment. If there were term limits, they would have to factor in, how will this affect my future when I'm looking to do other things? Can I afford to rub certain people the wrong way? As it stands now, all they need to be concerned with is their legacy. How will history judge me? Will the passage of time show I was on the right or wrong side of societal evolution? And that works for me. Plus, this is one instance where I find experience a real positive. First-hand knowledge of precedence and having a sense of context over a long period of time have to be advantageous. As for the number, I find the number of nine rather ideal, large enough to have a cross-section of opinions, but not so large as to be unwieldy. What does concern me is the selection process, which has become more and more a political football bordering on circus and theater. Maybe you, the electronic think tank, have some suggestions as to how to improve the process. For example, is it fair that in a Senate confirmation, a senator who may only be representing thousands in his state has the same clout as a senator representing millions? To me, these appointments are far more important than presidential elections, and not just because a president can be ousted in four years versus never. The Supreme Court has the final word on everything, unlike presidents whose vetoes can be overridden or executive actions be challenged. What the Supreme Court says goes. It's the law of the land. The only way what they dictate can be overturned is if they themselves decide at a later date to do so. Speaking of which, I can only hope the day will come when they reverse the worst Supreme Court decision of my lifetime, 
the Citizens United case, where they disastrously equated money with free speech, opening the door for billionaires to buy elective office the way they buy yachts. The same goes for ballot issues. It's government auctioned off to the highest bidder. Which at least they used to have to figure out a way to do it behind closed doors. Now it's done openly. Those are my thoughts on the Supreme Court. I'm interested in yours. Send your emails to frank at perfectlyfrankpodcast.com. Until tomorrow. Tomorrow.